Welcome back to the Field and Well podcast. In today's episode, I talk with Sarah Howe, a certified personal trainer and health coach who supports her clients via a very balanced, strategic approach to exercise. We cover the benefits of strength training, where to start if the idea of lifting just overwhelms you, how to potentially use tracking devices without feeling obsessive, and how to maximize the impact of what you're doing in the gym. Sarah knows a ton about this topic and is honestly just a joy to talk to. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. I'm so glad you were able to make this work. Hey, Brittany, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, if you want, let's just start with a little bit about you, maybe throw in a little bit of like that relationship with food and body that kind of landed you in doing the work you do today so that our listeners can get to know you. Sure. Yeah. So I am now a certified health coach and a certified personal trainer. I've been doing personal training for probably about three years now and just started health coaching last year. But a little bit of my backstory, I grew up with a pretty healthy relationship with food, I would say through about high school. And then college is kind of where it started to go downhill. And I was in a pretty bad car accident, so I was immobile for quite some time and gained some weight. And then when I tried to lose it is when my relationship with food got pretty rocky. I would start to exercise to burn off X number of calories, and I would be counting my calories and having to burn off how much I consumed. And that's kind of how it all started. And then it just escalated from there. So once I was able to work on my relationship with food and get to a healthy place, then I thought... I really want to help others be able to also have a healthy relationship with food and their body and exercise. Once I stopped treating it as a way to burn off my food, I found a lot of joy in exercise and it helps my mental health so much. And so that's kind of where I like to come from with exercise is not to change your body, but more to feel empowered and strengthened and confident. I love that. And I think it's so nice to hear people who have that background and who have gone through it themselves, because I think there still are a lot of people in the fitness space that either haven't reckoned with their relationship with exercise or maybe never had a disordered one to begin with. And so they don't always, they're not always able to bring that perspective to the work they do with people. But you're like, I get it. I've been. Yes. yes. It can be so much more enjoyable and productive and still like really healthy for you than what how you might be using it now. You know, exactly. Yeah, you're you're so right. I love it. Well, I think let's just get right into it because I'm sure we could talk about strength training specifically for, I mean, a long time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I think something that, you know, some of our listeners may know, but not all are just like, what are the benefits of strength training? And, you know, if there are any that might be lesser known or specific to women, I would love to cover those too. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that a lot of people are still intimidated by strength training and you really shouldn't be. It's so good for us. And you're not going to become quote unquote bulky from lifting more than 20 pounds. You know, that myth that some people still believe. So the the benefits really range. There's physical, emotional, mental, all kinds of benefits. 
but I'll start with the physical benefits. So gaining strength, first of all, can just help you in your day-to-day tasks. So like carrying the grocery, climbing steps, picking up your child, all of those kinds of things. If you have more strength, those day-to-day tasks are a lot easier for you. I recently had a client, just a quick little side story with this. She used to struggle when she would change her shower curtain. And she did it the other week and she came in and she was so excited. She said, Sarah, I could keep my arms above my head for 15 minutes without becoming fatigued. And, you know, those little things really matter. Well, and I love that you took us on that aside because I think sometimes when like if our listeners are a little bit younger, like they haven't experienced their body getting in the way of their quality Mm -hmm. of life much yet. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's a cute benefit. But for her to have probably like been frustrated before when doing that task that she has to do, that right there shows us how like lack of strength, lack of mobility can make us be frustrated with our bodies, right? And then how that spiral starts of well, I can't do this thing. So maybe that means I should change my body or that I'm not mm-hmm. you know, good enough. And like health is not the only value for any of us, but I can see how like those things not being easy can put people down a path. So I love Ooh, that, yeah. that she oh, like yeah. noticed that from working with you. Yeah, it was so awesome. And you know, a lot of people do focus on how they look, which can be fine, but also I love the practical things that come from strength training and around the age 30 to 35 you actually begin to lose muscle mass each year so one to two percent each year you lose just from aging so that's another reason to work on building muscle to kind of combat that loss that you just naturally happens as you age so that was an interesting fact that I didn't really know before I got into personal training and then Building muscle takes a lot more work than people think and kind of hopping around and doing random classes isn't really the best way to build muscle. You want to do, I'm sure people have heard the term progressive overload. So that can happen in three different ways. It can be you increase your load, increase your reps, or increase the complexity of the exercise. So that just means like, let's say you're doing a squat, staying at the lowest part of the squat for like five seconds and then coming up. That could be an example in increasing the complexity. So that's kind of how you build muscle to gain that strength. And then a few of the other things that are definitely beneficial, I'll just go through these kind of quickly because I could talk about these forever. But so it helps to increase bone density. It can decrease the risk of falls, lowering your risk of injury, promotes greater flexibility and mobility. It can boost your mood, increase your quality of life. And one kind of cool one is it can help regulate your blood sugar, which I know blood sugar is a hot topic right now. So it does this because it helps reduce blood sugar levels by removing glucose from the blood and then sending it to the muscle cells because our muscles need that glucose. So that's just kind of a little aside too. Yeah. No, I love that because clearly, even though, like you said, you went through the list quickly, it touches so many different parts of your life and your health. It's not just like it makes you stronger or it's good for your mental health. Yes. It, it, it comes from so many different angles. And one that I really love that I work with clients on a lot is that bone health side too. 
not Mm -hmm. as flashy as, you know, the blood sugar stuff or the gut health that people talk about. But if you have a history of disordered eating or have had an eating disorder in the past, you've got to kind of make up for some of that potential lost time with your bone health. Absolutely. I love that point. And I think too, from a relationship with your body and food perspective, since I know we both work with clients in that realm a lot, is it helped me personally to have a better relationship with my body when I started strength training more regularly. Just because you look at your body in a different light, you don't look at it for how it looks, but more what it can do. And so you have a better appreciation. You're like, oh my gosh, I was able to lift 40 pounds today and I could only do 23 months ago, you know? So it's, it kind of just gives you a better appreciation and it builds your confidence outside of the gym too. Absolutely. And I, I know there's some studies and I don't know, they're probably not specific to strength training, but there's been Mm -hmm. studies that show when people are participating in fill in the blank, whatever health promoting habit it is, whether, you know, they're trying to eat more vegetables, get more variety in their diet, hydration, exercise, they report higher levels of self-efficacy around their health. So like feeling like I can impact this, I'm proud of this. And that long-term is what helps you have a really good relationship with your body. Yeah, Is the sense of I'm not needing to control it, but I am influencing it in a way that feels really good and that I know matters. And then when our body changes or when something goes awry that we haven't dealt with before, you have that stuff to fall back. Yes. Yes. I love that point. So what if, I know you said this like right at the top, there are people listening that are probably like, strength training is overwhelming or I'm afraid of getting bulky. So like, I've just never looked into it. If we have someone listening who is like, I'm overwhelmed. I hear that it's good for me, but how the heck do I start? What would you encourage? I think if at all possible, if you're able to hire a personal trainer, even if it's just for a brief amount of time, because it can be expensive. However, you want to learn the correct way to learn how to lift weights, because if you don't, you could injure yourself. You just don't want to go down that path. And if you can't hire a personal trainer, maybe you have a friend that's really into fitness and he or she can help you. And also remember, whatever you do, just start slow, start small. You don't have to look at Instagram and want to do what the Instagram influencer is doing, you know, just basic moves. And also, if you don't do street training at all right now, I would just say try once a week. Don't try and start doing it three times a week. So those are kind of a few things I would suggest. Yeah. And I think, I mean, all of those are like simple, but effective, right? So you know, you're doing it right. You're not stacking on so many days a week that it feels overwhelming and you stop. It's Mm -hmm. just start with what you can and get whatever kind of support you can so that you're not risking injury and you're not questioning yourself. Cause I think that's what I see a lot is people like, yeah, I do I started, but I don't know. And I'm like, maybe even just a small three or four intro session package with a personal trainer would get you that confidence. And then you'd be able to keep going. Exactly. And also when you do go to the gym and you're going to the weight section and you're anxious, you're thinking someone's looking at me. I just want to tell you, no one is looking at you. They only care about themselves. And most people in there are rooting for you. If you have a question, ask one of the local trainers at the gym. They're there to help you. And it can seem intimidating when you look around and see all these people that know what they're doing. But 
everyone had a day one. Everyone was there at a day one at some point. So just remember that too. Yeah. And there might be people there that you look at and think, oh, they really know what they're doing. It might be like their day or week one, too. Like you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's I can see, though, how it is hard for people to kind of get out of their head and get over that initial hump. So I love just simple, practical tips like what you gave to start. And if you have a a friend you can go with, you can bring with you, that is even better. It gives you kind of that little comfort. Yeah, for sure. Are there any current trends or things that you see being really popular, really focused on right now in kind of the fitness or strength training space that are just not maybe effective, not safe, like things people can just ignore because there's so much noise out there? Yes, (laughs) there is a lot of noise, a lot of noise. I would say, you know, sometimes the Instagram influencers will post some kind of crazy moves on Instagram that are you're doing that you're like how what is that person even doing and then you might want to try and do what they're doing because they look a certain way or whatever you know you can sometimes go down that path I would say that really isn't effective it's not really worth it stick with the basics you know squat push pull hinge carry those are the five like main movements and really work on getting those basics down before you start to add things that don't really matter And most of the time, those people doing the crazy moves are just trying to get views and likes. And so remember kind of the platform that you're watching Mm -hmm. at times as well. So yeah, that would be my main one. And then the the other thing I would say is a lot of hit classes are popular right now, you know, like Orange Theory and all those F45 and all that, which is, those are great, not knocking classes at all. But if you're trying to build strength, if your goal is strength and muscle, those classes are more cardio-based. So just remember kind of what you're going for and everyone has different goals. So like I said, they're not bad. They're just not going to give you a lot of muscle if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. And I think those kind of classes are something that I've seen be a little bit lower of a barrier to entry for people because it's like, I don't have to program it. There's somebody there to like walk me through it. But if your long-term goal is, okay, I've noticed too much cardio stresses Mm -hmm. my body out, doesn't feel good. It exhausts me, but I do want to get stronger. There's, there's probably too much cardio in those classes for that long-term goal. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. And you know, a couple of those classes a week are great for some extra cardio and kind of having, if you have a group of people you go with, you know, it's fun socially too. And then also incorporating just, you know, basic strength training is, is a great, great option too. Yeah. Do you notice with what you work with, with clients, because you are like focusing on a lot of the basics. I know sometimes on the nutrition side, when we focus on the basics, it's like, that's not as sexy. That's not as flashy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, How do you find, like, how do you help people kind of continue on, even if it's not the most exciting thing they've ever seen? Because I see yeah. that a lot, right? Where it's yeah. like, this doesn't have like the sparkle, the flash, like, I don't know. It, I'm just it curious. Is cha- it's challenging. It is, right? Because people can get bored with the basics. And I'm sure you see that with your clients too, with nutrition. And I try and have them really focus on how they're feeling from week to week. And if they're doing similar movements and they're able to pick up a heavier weight 
and they're feeling stronger each week. I'm like, see, we really are doing something. And then I will throw in, you know, a fun core exercise or a fun something fun to keep that kind of sparkle alive while also having the basics kind of be the foundation. I love that. Cause yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, throwing a little flair on things here and there. Yeah. Cause like we're humans, we like that novelty. Right. But yeah, I think that's something even on like the nutrition side too, that I always encourage clients, pick a couple of things that matter to you and pay attention mm -hmm. to how those are changing. So whether that's yes. for your side of things, whether that's you know, how heavy of a weight they can lift, how long they can hold a certain static movement, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. You kind of get that momentum of, oh, this is doing something. Yes, right? yes. And, yeah. I, and I think when, when you can feel that progress, then you're like, oh, okay. So the basics are really where we need to be. And then we can build from there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about the concept of kind of matching workouts up with, for female listeners, like menstrual cycles? Because I know that's like really big thing now on social media. Yes. And I'm sure some of it is kind of like the fluff, right? Mm -hmm, what, do we, mm -hmm. what do we actually like know so far about that topic and what we can do there? Yes, this is a great question. And it's one that... I think is a little bit nuanced and there's still some research going through with it all because it is it is new. But I think it's really cool that people are paying attention to their bodies more, especially women and not trying to be like little men. I'm putting my quotes up because that's what we were taught for so long. You know, growing up, I, I would played sports and it was like, just get back in there. You can do it. And we really do have different rhythms than men. So men, you know, are straight circadian rhythm. Every 24 hours, they start over. With women, we have circadian and we also have an infradian rhythm, which is 28 to 30 days, our cycle. So during that time, if you are not on hormonal birth control, then you go through four phases during your cycle. And you are probably aware of this, but for the listeners, I will yeah. kind of go over the phases. I like to think of it as the seasons, as in fall and spring and winter and summer. So your bleed phase is your menstrual cycle. The phase right after that is your follicular phase, which I like to relate to spring, where you kind of feel like, ooh, you're coming out of this winter time when you kind of like to hibernate when you're on your period. And then the next phase is ovulation. So that's summer where you typically have a lot of energy and feel really good about yourself. And then the luteal phase is the last phase, which is about 10 to 14 days before your bleed. And that is what I like to think of as fall. You kind of might not be at the best mood. Your energy is a little low. And so as with exercise, you kind of can do things based on that. So for example, in your luteal phase, if you're feeling a little bit less energy, maybe you're not going to pick up quite as heavy of a weight that day. Maybe you're going to go for a walk or do yoga instead of going and lifting weights if it's a couple of days before your period, because our hormones do fluctuate during the month. Yeah, it makes sense with how your hormones and therefore your energy might mm -hmm. change. But it doesn't necessarily mean, right, if in your luteal phase, if you're feeling really good, that you can't go do that higher intensity thing. It's just almost like if I'm understanding correctly mm -hmm, and from mm -hmm. what I've seen, mm -hmm. it's like helping you set 
like some level of expectation or flexibility and paying attention to what may serve you better, right? Yes, I think you said it perfectly. Yes, because I think when I first started hearing about it, it was kind of like, don't do this in this phase, do this in that phase. And then to me, that was a little bit restrictive and kind of like you were using it as an excuse not to do something just because of this phase when you may feel great. Yeah. So I think it is really being in touch with your body and these phases can kind of guide you, but I don't think it's something that you have to not pick up a weight because you're on your period kind of thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was seeing a lot of that, you know, don't do X, Y, Z or like why you shouldn't be doing hit on your period or whatever. And it rings very true of kind of those restrictive behaviors just in like a new form because, you know, menstrual health and cycle syncing is trendy. Right. And I think sometimes that's just tricky to navigate because like part of social media is people have to like hook you. Right. So Mm -hmm, a lot of times mm -hmm. when you see it on there, it seems so black and white when in reality, it's like this is just giving you more information. Like maybe if you track your cycles and you notice certain things about how your month goes, that helps you schedule your workout classes. But like, right, you don't have to hold yourself to it if that day you're like, I think I could do more or I think I need. Right. 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 And I think just allowing yourself to just be in touch with that side of your body and, you know, thinking do I feel a little low energy today or do I feel great? And sometimes once you get to the gym and you start working out, then you actually feel better. So you just really have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. But I love, I'm glad we got to cover it a little bit because I feel like the information that is out there sometimes is like really extreme and like really specific. And it makes people think there's a lot to this field already when we're like still really learning. You know, yeah, we're like just getting into it. Yes. 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 Which is always frustrating. I'm always like, oh my gosh, I wish we knew so much more about this because how fantastic would it be? But we don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. Exactly. Use it however it benefits you, but don't stress about it. Yeah. 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 And then that can just add more stress to your body when you're already stressed. So yeah, just take a deep breath and do what you, what feels good. What feels good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about, because not, I'm assuming like not everyone listening is brand new to strength training, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they've taken a break from it. Maybe they've dabbled before, but if somebody is kind of regularly strength training and wants to make sure they are getting the most out of that routine, are there any other areas of, you know, their health, other outcomes you focus on with clients that you would recommend people prioritize? And I know it can always depend, right? It's very, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anything we can kind of do to to kind of maximize that effort we're putting in. Sure. Yeah. That's a really great question. So exercise is a stress on your body, right? So when you strength train, your muscles break down. There's little micro tears in your muscles. That's the soreness. And then when you recover, when you rest, that's when your muscles rebuild. So if we aren't resting, we're not going to get stronger. And a lot of times people really struggle with rest days. I used to be one of those people. So I totally understand. However, when I didn't rest, I was constantly tired and I couldn't go as hard in the gym. And it was just kind of like a hamster wheel. You know, there was there was never any forward progress. So 
I think like mindfulness, meditation, sleeping, all of those things are super, super, super important. And the rest days are just as important as the strength training days. I recently actually spent about two years now. I had an aura ring and it tracks your sleep. And that has been super impactful and it gives you a score each day. So it'll give you a sleep score and then it's called a readiness score, which just kind of means if you're ready to take on the day, if you're ready to exercise more, or if you need to kind of scale it back a little bit. And it's based on your vital signs. So your body temperature, your respiratory rate, your heart rate variability, your heart rate, all of those things. And so when I first got the ring, I was still in the mindset of not really resting. And I realized that my body was not recovering. And it was kind of cool in this sense to see the data to be like, oh, wow. So this is what it feels like when I'm really tired and I actually need to rest. So in that sense, the data can really be helpful. I know some people data can be triggering, but I think that in this sense, it can really help you know when you need to kind of ease back a little bit. Yeah. And I think with more data, it just kind of depends on where you're at with like your mindset around that stuff. And mm -hmm. if you're in a place where you're ready to look at it and say, okay, tell me what might not be best for me. And I will to an extent, believe it, right? With a grain of salt, believe it. Yes. It allowed you to go, oh, okay. This whole no days off thing clearly isn't doing me a lot of favors. Yes. If in that moment, you might not have said like, I'm exhausted or I think I'm over-exercising. Like maybe you weren't able to fully identify it. And I mm -hmm. find that a lot with clients. If we have mm -hmm. a history of over-exercising or chronically under-eating, sometimes we just don't know like how good our bodies can feel when we get out yes. of that cycle. So data can help there sometimes to almost just hold a mirror up to it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that's so true. It's because when I was over exercising and under eating at the same time, you know, <laughs> I thought that my baseline was fine. And then I realized that when I actually had sleep and I actually rested, I actually ate more my baseline was way higher than I thought. And I said, oh, wow, this is what it actually feels like to be a, a human that nourishes their body and rests. Wow, what a concept. Yep. So <laughs> yes, in that way, the data, the data can be super helpful. And it also, back to the periods a little bit, so it tracks your body temperature as well. Mm -hmm. And so your body temperature changes throughout your cycle. So I can always tell when my period is about to start because your body temperature after ovulation rises and then right before your period, it drops. So I know every time I'm going to start my period, it's like clockwork. So that's kind of cool too. No surprises yeah. like back in high school when you're like caught with how <laughs> you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know this was going to yeah. happen today. Yeah, exactly. It's wild to me how cool bodies are. I think I put something about this no. on my story the other day because I have been, what am I at like now? I'm like 17 weeks pregnant now. And almost everything physical activity wise that I'm doing is still feeling really good. And that may not be the case for everyone or every pregnancy. Yeah. But like, I remember just having a moment of being like, this is really cool. That is really cool. My body's cool. doing so much. That's like, this is so cool. It's like you're growing as human and you're also still able to do things that you did before, which is, right. yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. I think it goes to show like your body is really resilient, but you also have to like meet it halfway, right? Like if exactly. you're nourishing while you're sleeping, while you're working on your stress, like 
your body's going to support you, you know, it ending is. any yeah. like health concerns, but it can feel really good. Yeah. And the one thing I'll add to, since you just brought up pregnancy with strength training and all of that, it's things that you do before you're pregnant, you're still able to do while you're pregnant until a certain point, you know, until like the end of pregnancy. But a lot of women are scared to do a lot of things when they're pregnant, but it's really, 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 really going to help the delivery, the post-pregnancy, if you continue that strength training while you're pregnant. I'm obviously not a doctor, so please consult your OB <laughs> for anything, you know, if you have a high-risk pregnancy or anything like that. But for the most right. part, if you did it pre-pregnancy, you can you can still do it. So, yeah, I love that call out because being in the health field, I kind of had known that before going in, but mm -hmm. I realized that a lot of pregnant people don't know that. Mm -hmm. And they automatically assume I, one of the apps I have said something like, don't forget to keep your heart rate under 140. And again, like podcast for educational purposes, but like not right, right. individual advice. However, I'm like, I wonder how outdated that recommendation is because I regularly yeah. get my heart rate past that and feel absolutely fine. And yes. like have had no issues yet. So yes. it's just so interesting how it's like, listening to your body and continuing the things that are making you feel good in a lot of life phases is probably going to mm -hmm. carry you further than like the free tips on an app. Right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. Well, is there anything else that you want to kind of share with our audience, just whether it's in that strength training realm or anything that your own journey has kind of taught you? Hmm, that's a really good question. I think. I think just the main thing is, which we kind of touched on at the beginning, but just yeah. to not fear strength training and it's not something that is scary and it can be at first if you've never done it, but I promise you will feel so much more confident in yourself and in your work and in your relationships. I feel like I just really, really started fully like focusing on strength training maybe a, a year ago. and. I was doing a bunch of classes for a while. And in the last maybe year or two now, I feel so much stronger. And my relationship with my body, like I touched on earlier, is so much better. I mean, I struggled for a long time with that. And I think strength training has really helped that because you just look at your body in a different way. You don't look at it as, oh, I have cellulite here, a little bit of fat here. And by the way, cellulite is totally normal. So please don't try and get rid of it. No. Um, but basically my point is strength training just makes life better. And I, I, I live in Nashville. I didn't, I don't think I said that I live in Nashville, Tennessee. So if anyone out there lives in Nashville, I do personal training in person. And then I also can do programs online for people virtually if they would rather do it on their own. And then I can kind of coach them on the side. Um, and I can do health coaching to anywhere. So I can do that virtually or in person. I love that. That was the last yeah. thing I was going to ask you before we went. Yeah. So you're on primarily on Instagram, right? I'm primarily on Instagram. And then I have a website. It's just my full name, which we can maybe put in the show notes, but it's sarahtuckerhow.com. And I'm on most active on Instagram. And yeah, I'm taking clients now. So if you're looking for a health coach or a personal trainer, let me know. I love that. So yeah, we'll definitely link all of your stuff that way too. If anybody, even if they just want to reach out and have questions after that episode yeah. live, you know, but yeah, we'll make sure y'all can find Sarah 
no problem. And yes. she's a great follow on Instagram if you don't follow her yet. I love like even for myself because I'm doing more classes versus like individual strength training right now. I love just yeah. seeing all your videos of you in the gym. I'm like, this is nice. This yes. Is cool. It's effective. So yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. Definitely check her out online. And thank you so much for making the time. Yes. Um, thank you for having me. I loved it.